This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. Well, after successfully calling the bull market in U.S. tech stocks for some time, in July last year, Credit Suisse poached the high-profile investment analyst Jonathan Golub from Canadian firm RBC Capital Markets. It immediately appointed him as its chief U.S. equity strategist, And Golub, a Wall Street veteran who for almost two decades has occupied top positions at big-name firms like UBS, Bear Stearns and J.P. Morgan, continued in his bullish ways. He's been amongst the most optimistic in his field, posting seemingly high forecasts, but every time they're consistently achieved and even surpassed. Those who've enjoyed the amazing three-and-a-half-year ride in the BizNews Global share portfolio, which has delivered a compound annual growth of 28%, will like what Mr. Golub has to say, because they're often wondering whether our tech stock-heavy focus needs to be adjusted. Well, I don't think so, and neither does he. And after listening to this absorbing U.S. investment insider's rational approach, I think you won't either. An accounting and economics graduate of Wharton Business School, who also holds a CFA qualification, Golub is a regular guest on Bloomberg Surveillance. I I am pretty optimistic. I mean, first of all, the underlying fundamentals are great. This earnings season, um, earnings were up 25% year over year, which is just an unheard of thing. Um, a chunk of that is from taxes. But even if you strip out the taxes, you have 18% earnings growth, which is great. I, a lot of investors are asking if, can it get any better than this? And the answer is probably not. But that doesn't mean that they won't be really good. And I think that investors are struggling with that whole idea that um, the underlying trend is good, but it can't be as good as, as what we've just uh, achieved. So what the answer might be, we were talking about this ahead of the segment, is to uh, rotate toward uh, sectors that you like best or think there might be opportunities rather than just going in whole hog broadly if you think that this is sort of as good as it gets with respect to earnings. Is that right? Yeah, and I think that's exactly how you have to think about it. I mean, so the the first is if you start with tech, which has been the market leader, um, I think that that will continue to be the market leader for for quite a while. Really? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the, the returns that you've gotten in the tech sector, They've been driven by earnings, not by the by stock multiples. So if something goes up by twenty percent and its earnings go up by thirty, it didn't get more expensive; it got cheaper, right? So, um, the the tech sector has just been out delivering everything else, and I think that it's going to continue to be a winner. However, those areas like industrials or materials or mining companies that are that do really well when the economy is reaccelerating are probably going to do a little bit less well. I, I wouldn't necessarily want to sell them, but you probably want to um, move from there to other uh, other areas. The problem this time around, which is something we haven't seen, is that the areas you want to rotate to, which would be like consumer staples or healthcare, have their own problems. And so it's a little bit more challenging this time than, uh, than it has been in the past. We'll get into his no-go areas like healthcare in more detail a little bit later. But first, after years of technology topping the U.S. market pops, What sector does this oracle of downtown Manhattan believe will be the best performer for 2018? 
tech will be the best performing sector again this year. And, and, and you can see it in a variety of different areas. I'll just mention, you know, one theme, but it plays out across things. How big is the, is the potential market for online advertising compared to what we're spending today? And I, I don't know whether it's double from here over the next decade, but it's much, much um, bigger. If you look at the, um, the, the cloud computing and, and data centers, and by the way, you can play this in all kinds of other groups. REITs, um, yeah. there's, there's data center REITs that are just doing unbelievably well and making big capital commitments. Um, but some of these areas are growing really fast. And it's, it's not a question of, is this a good quarter? These are multi, multi-year uh, themes that are going to play out. Well and good. But what about the rest of the stock market? starting with energy stocks, which are up 7% on the year, having risen Phoenix-like with a firm oil price. This is a conversation that carries broader implications, particularly for one of the JSE's top stocks. Because after the seesawing price of recent years, South African investors have been cautious about jumping back into Sassel shares, despite a sharply higher Rand oil price, which has an immediate impact on that company's profits. We've been underweight energy for the last two years. And our read was that oil prices may be going up, but that ultimately these stocks were just way too expensive and there were other issues. And then about five or six weeks ago, we we switched direction and said, uh, now's the time to warm up to uh, to energy companies. So we moved from underweight to neutral. And as we're talking to larger institutions, hedge funds, mutual fund managers, we're finding it at just about the same time, they're seeing the same thing. Oil prices are higher, the profits are, are stronger, and the valuations on these energy companies looks more favorable. And then there's other dynamics around uh, new technologies and fracking that, that actually makes these stocks less volatile. So they're worth more um, in, in the current environment. So you're still neutral. Do you expect to go overweight? I don't know if we're going to go overweight, but the case that we had against energy, which would really they've been a terrible performer for so long, I think doesn't make sense any worse anymore. So I think the real question is, should you be neutral? Should you be overweight? But to be underweight, the energy sector, we, we just don't think is justified anymore. That sounds like pretty good news uh, to me for Cecil, whose shares have done very little in the last three years and are still off by more than a third on the highs of 2014. So what is Golub cautious about? Well, partly courtesy of the aggressive attack on drug companies by his nation's president, Donald Trump, topping his list is Big Pharma. We've seen lack of pricing power in the last few years um, from from uh, big big biotech and big pharma names, and that's really eaten into the profits. I mean, these have been high growth areas, and if you look at the expected earnings growth rate for these big bigger companies, not the more speculative small guys, um, they've really come down to the low single digits, and that's a problem. Um, does that mean that I think that that we should be targeting? Um, you know, what, should the president be targeting these companies? Probably not. It's a lot cheaper to give someone a pill that can keep them from getting a heart attack than, you know, than, than taking care of them in, in the hospital. So there's places that you might want to wring costs out. I don't know if I would be attacking drug companies, but nonetheless, drug pricing has been a problem. So you're fairly neutral on healthcare. Uh, we, like. we, we are neutral on healthcare. I, I would love to rotate there, but, but again, there's a little problem. And then consumer staples yeah, that's is another area. Next. So Coca-Cola, P&G, uh, what do you think? You know, you know, not not to comment on on specific names, but a couple of years ago, we would have agreed that those companies that are in Amazon sites are going to get crushed, and brick and mortar retail has gotten hurt. Now we've been overweight 
consumer discretionary stocks, but it really has been short brick and mortar retail or underweight that and go long everything else in consumer discretionary. And that's been a really great call. But now you have something else happening. The brands that are being sold in the supermarket or they're being sold in your department stores are coming under pressure because uh, we're changing the way we're 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 purchasing uh, things because basically you can't pay for shelf space at eye level and people buy it as much is it th- that simple it, it it is it is pretty much that simple and also you know there's been this huge premium that we've paid for consumer products because of these brands that we're comfortable with. And now all you need is a certain number of likes on, you know, Amazon or some other social media. And, uh, and now you're going and buying a product which may be better for less money. Now, does that mean everybody is changing their, their buying behavior? No, but this earnings season, you've seen that the margin story has deteriorated in every one of the subgroups within Staples. So it's not a couple of names. It's really a change in, in shopping behavior. So on one hand, I'd love to be rotating into these names because I think the economy is kind of not necessarily getting, becoming slow, but is becoming less fast. On the other hand, the the earnings outlook for these stocks are, are really more troubled. So there you have it once again, the fourth industrial revolution, or more specifically, what uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett call the Amazon effect. We've done well in our portfolio by sticking with the Bezos bulldozer, and given that its traditional rival Walmart isn't engendering much confidence right now, there's no reason to change. We've been with Amazon since the start of the portfolio in December 2014 when we bought in at $327 a share. It's now around $1,600. Thank you, Jeff. Last week, Walmart struck a record deal for retailing sector when it acquired 77% of Indian e-commerce leader Flipkart for $16 billion. There's a South African interest here too because Naspers banked a handsome $1.6 billion profit, getting back $2.2 billion for an investment of $616 million. Naspers was one of only two shareholders to sell out to Walmart, but it's in very good company. Alongside it is the hottest name in investments right now, Japan's SoftBank, which sold a $2.5 billion investment made less than a year ago for $4 billion. So have Naspass and SoftBank blundered? Well, not if you agree with Howard Davidovitz, who for 45 years has been a Wall Street retail analyst and investment banker. You just got to love the way that he feels Walmart is doing things right now. They're going bananas. They're buying everybody. They've got to do something about Amazon. So they're doing everything. How is it all going to come out? I have a lot of doubts that the Walmart culture can make this work. A lot of doubts. The veteran Davidovitz has got lots of doubts. Well, so clearly do Naspers and SoftBank. But that's what makes a market, doesn't it? This has been The Rational Perspective. You can access the transcript of this and all other editions of the podcast in Biz News Premium. Subscribe today. Until the next time, cheerio.